Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast. Welcome to episode 27 of Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. And of course, Bob is the other chap that I have the Conflab with. I'm the Jeremy of that. And I have to say, Bob, you look quite healthy today. What's happened to you? Well, it's very kind of you to say so. Um, I went for a run this morning for the first time in weeks. Hmm. Um, which really almost killed me, but um, there is no doubt I do feel better for it. So, there we well are. done. Yeah, your face kind of looks, uh, you know, not quite so raddied as mine would be after a run. Um, but you, you look healthy enough. It's good. Oh God! Well, thanks very much. I'll, from from someone who is as healthy as you, I take that as a, a massive compliment. Yeah, I've just done um, a little bit of yoga today. That's all. Have you? Uh, perhaps a little run tonight. Um, hmm. But I did a big run the other day. So, uh, I, I, in fact, just on the subject of exercise, Dr. Michael Mosley was on the radio yesterday. Have you heard mm. of this thing called exercise snacking? No. So that's the wrong term. But exercise snacking is very short bursts of 10-minute exercise, which now a load of researchers say is better for you than a longer run or a longer bout of exercise because your heart rate has to get up very quickly. And if you snack with your exercise, I mean, you're not having a Mars bar, uh, it's very misleading, isn't it? If you do exercise snacking, it's better for you than sort of long bouts. I mean, so I don't are, know. What, are, are, the, next? Are, are the scientists who came up with it all massive and never do an <laughs> exercise anyway? You know, I mean, well, exactly. Honestly, I know. Well, anyway, I went for a run. It almost killed me. I will go again. Uh, it was all I could do to get myself to go out the door. So sometimes that's enough, isn't it, really? Yeah, but on the days that you don't want to, those are the ones that you must. Well, I um, also did a bit of yoga a few weeks ago with Adrian, uh, who is on YouTube. And mm. um, what's lovely about her, and I've said this to my wife, Adrian always makes you feel good about the yoga you're doing, no matter how good or bad you are at it. So she always <laughs> says things like, hello, my lovely darling, you're doing your best, aren't you? And I go, yeah, I am, actually. Whereas my wife comes in, she goes, no, your backside's in the wrong place. Now move your leg up. And I go, oh, look, Adrian's not having a go at me. You know, I mean, there's a lot to be said for it, isn't there? Did Adrian move from Canada to Scotland in her teens? I'm just trying to. <laughs> I, she, she obviously... What was yeah. that? What was yeah. that? She she obviously comes from a mixed background. Um, but I have uh, a woman. Yeah. I have a woman too called Sarah Beth, and her mantra she says: "Remember, your strongest practice is your daily practice." <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. She talks about getting life straight on and off your mat. Oh, so, so you sort of on, on your mat is one thing, but when you're off your mat, yeah, I'm learning all of the, uh, you know, the terms uh, and in the other language, like uh, Shavasana and all of that. Does Adrian use those words? Does she oh, give you this? Yeah, sort of... you bet your knickers she does. Um, do you ever do um, ocean breath? Have you done the breaths? Tiger breath and ocean breath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She calls it yeah. umami, umami breath or something, which I think is mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I think with mushrooms, when you put mushrooms, isn't that what Jamie Oliver calls umami or something? I don't know. Uh, I think you've got to be careful how you say that. But yeah, it sounds good. Mm. Um, no, I like uh, the yoga thing, um, but I, I probably don't do it that well, but I enjoy doing it. So mm. let's move into the subject matter of today's podcast, which is the best sales films. And this podcast follows hard upon our podcast about what we think is probably the greatest sales film, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. And we talked all about that. And if you're interested in that particular film, that podcast absolutely nails that for you. So we thought we'd do a separate one today 
on some of the other really good films that have some brilliant lines in that are related to sales and are about salespeople. And um, we're going to talk a bit about those um, today. So, Jeremy, why don't you kick off and tell us a bit about uh, one of these films? Well, I will. I'm going to start with Boiler Room, which um, I absolutely love. And I'm going to go into this a little bit and then you can add in a bit more if I miss anything, Bob. So Boiler Room uh, came out in the year 2000 and it stars the young Giovanni Ribisi, who is joining a firm called J.T. Marlin. J.T. Marlin really is selling uh, shares that are pretty worthless to anybody and everyone. And it's all outbound pitches. So this is all about making outbound calls, total cold calling. It is actually the forerunner to the Wolf on Wall Street. That's mm, the model mm. that, it, that it copies. It's that company and what they did, Jordan Belfort and uh, that scenario. That's what a boiler room is, selling shares uh, on the hoof from a cold call. Yeah, and everything is a pitch. And how this firm works is that when you start you are an outbound caller that lines up and gets someone on the hook that you then give it to a better salesperson uh, who will take it on. So Vin Diesel is one of those such salespeople. And he made this film probably around the same time as Saving Private Ryan, I would have thought. Mm, yeah. And um, Giovanni Ribisi eventually gets somebody who goes, oh, go on then. And, and, uh, and Vin Diesel takes the phone and then all the other salespeople standing around want to hear it, want to hear the pitch, want to listen to the language. They calm him down and there's a wonderful scene where he's calling a doctor who's looking at reports. And he uses lines where the doctor gives him objections like, I don't have time for this. He says, well, look, I've got a thousand other doctors to talk to. Don't you worry about it. Uh, Hang on a minute. He said, you know, uh, how do you how do you fancy working your butt off watching other doctors get rich running trials? And and he's trying to sort of say to this doctor that all your medical work is only going to make you so much money. You've got to have shares. And he uses the classic system where he makes out that what he's selling him, he can't sell him any more. He says, the thing is, doctor, I can't sell you any more than 2,000 shares. Okay. The guy goes, 2,000? There's no way I was going to buy that many shares. And then he goes, okay, I'm curious. How come he can't sell me any more than 2,000? Right? So that's Mm. genius. Now, the reason he can't sell more than 2,000 is it's for a brand new client. The company has to back up the money to buy the shares in the first place. And so it's a risk. But then he says to Rabisi later, if this guy turns out to be a whale, which is someone who spends, invests lots of money, then it's worth doing that. Now, the point is, he says, I can't sell you more than 2,000. You're a brand new client. And he says, all right, I'll take the 2,000 shares. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do any better than that. He said, I promise you we'll swing for the fences next time. Mm. Um, but this time it's only the 2,000. Now, the other interesting point on that sale is that once the deal is done, he then transfers the doctor to a secretary who then processes the order. And that's a mm. really interesting dynamic that that person doesn't sit down and put all the details into the system. Once you've agreed to it, you then just give the details to the secretary who processes it. And I think that's a really interesting way of selling. Mm. Anyway, over to you. Mm. That's really what is so extraordinary is all the little levels. And so the chain of command that when you start and that they all want you to take your exams in stocks and shares and accountancy, all a facade, really. And anyone who says that this is awful gets fired. 
So you go through the stages and the levels of being a pitcher, being a call setter upper, and then eventually you will have more money. Ben Affleck is kind of the internal sales trainer. He does a talk once and says, anyone who says money is the root of all happiness doesn't fucking have any. That's a wonderful line. I was just thinking it was quite interesting that Boiler Room was the kind of preamble to The Wolf on Wall Street. And in Boiler Room, they reference Glengarry Glen Ross, Always Be Closing. So Mm. they know that film. And they also reference, of course, Wall Street, which uh, that film with Michael Douglas, which is also about selling people shares in a slightly underhand manner as well. Wolf on Wall Street takes it further and actually demonstrates how Belfort created a script that absolutely ticked all the boxes in terms of uh, appealing to people's vanity, their greed, their desire to be rich. Uh, He absolutely tapped into that scenario at exactly the right time Now, of course, he did lots of illegal things, which meant that the business went bust. But he managed to extract millions, millions and millions of dollars just by ticking those boxes for people. So, again, that goes back to Glengarry Glen Ross, this idea that everyone wants to get rich. And if you can really persuade someone that you can help them do that, they're probably going to give you their money. And this comes back to one of the things that Zig Ziglar taught us, which is you really can't sell anything unless you're convinced it's worth more to them than the money they're paying for. And that's what this kind of investment is. I'm convincing you, you're going to get way more back than the money you're giving me, but then I may as well do it. So in that sense, it's a really interesting pitch. There's a a lovely lesson in here as well, where Giovanni Ribisi is on the weekend. He's having just a bowl of cereal in his flat and he receives an outbound call from the Wall Street Journal. And they're trying to sell him a subscription to the newspaper. And it starts off really badly and the guy's a bit, bit lackluster and Rabisi says hey, come on you know surely you can do better than that why don't you why don't you do me a proper pitch and the guy goes oh, okay and he and he sort of talks about the the Wall Street Journal and by reading it and has supplements and different sections and that you, you're really going to enjoy it and he goes so w- w- would you like to take up the description he just goes no I take the times and just puts the phone down the pitch wasn't good enough but the lesson being is that somebody closes somebody on every call the customer closes you on the fact that they're not going to have it and you're not good enough to sell it to them and actually it's the wrong market and you end up believing it and so you're shot or you close the customer. I think that's a very good lesson. Mm-hmm. And the customers that close salespeople and you know, say, God, everyone's really hassling me. Of course, you've been browbeaten. You're starting to believe what the prospects are telling you. So I love that film. It's you know some real fun with some of the names like JT Marlin and things like that good acting. And of course, they're under investigation by the IRS, because what they're doing is illegal. Um, But no, check it out. Which leads us on to the next one. And, you know, The Wolf on Wall Street is really just an extended version of Boiler Room. So we're not going to spend too much time on that. But it is a great sales film. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is incredible in it. But let's move on to talking about illegal things. Tin Men. Tin Men starring Danny DeVito, Richard Dreyfuss, a load of other great sort of solid American actors as well. And Tin Men is set in the 60s and it's about men who go out uh, in Chicago and sell aluminium siding to go on houses. So you would actually in those days, rather than by double glazing, you'd cover your house in aluminium sheets that would sort of protect the outside walls and make it look sort of space age and extraordinary. And again, the 10 men who are the, the salespeople 
used any and all means to sell this stuff to you. One of the things that makes this film so appealing, which is a little bit like Glengarry, is the stories they have to make up, the pitches that they do. And they have a number of scams. And one of their scams is called Life Magazine. Brilliant. And the Life Magazine pitch is this. And it's a real risk because they don't even seek out the, if the mark, if you like, is going to be susceptible to it. But they go to a house that does not have aluminum siding and they set up the camera and they just put a camera on the lawn, right, you know, boldly on this person's lawn. And they look inside the house, notice the woman of the house looking, and she then comes down the steps and goes, what are you doing on my front lawn? Oh, oh, we'll be out of your hair in a minute, madam. We're just taking a photo of your house, which looks very similar to another house that looks that little bit more beautiful than yours because it's just had aluminum siding. But we'll be out of your hair in a minute. She goes, Life Magazine? Yes, that's right, Mermaid. We have Life Magazine on our table. <laughs> and they go, oh, that's great, madam. We'll look up. And then um, she goes, well, so, hang on a minute. I'm going to be the after house. No, you're the before house. She's going to be the before house. Oh, she's going to be the before, before house. house. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And she goes, can, can I be the after house? Oh, <laughs> well, no, you know. No, uh, no, 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 no. Um, and then, of course, they talk to each other and go, well, you know, if you wanted to be... Uh, the after house, then uh, you'd have to talk to a salesperson. And, uh, you know, even if there's one of, I don't even know if there's one available. And then they start talking about, well, I hear, I hear it's pretty reasonably priced. And then, of course, they set her up for a pitch with, with the husband. belief, with the husband. Hmm. And I think it's $2,400 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And his face um, is a picture. This poor guy is yeah. home. Yeah. And she said, but we're going to be in Life magazine. <laughs> I mean, it's such a brilliant con. It's and, lovely, um, isn't it? Yeah. And hmm. then throughout that whole film, there's a series of these cons. There's a great one they talk about where they say, what you do is when you go into someone's house, you drop a $5 bill behind you, okay? And the customer picks it up and says, excuse me, you've dropped $5. And you go, no, I didn't. And they go, no, no, you must have. I just found this on the floor. He said, but it's not my $5. And he says, they think that you're really trustworthy, a really decent person, and they suddenly trust <laughs> you immediately. And for a cost of $5, you're going to sell $2,000 worth of aluminium siding. Very clever, very clever way of taking somebody in. Yeah, and I can't remember the actor. It might be Seymour Castle or someone like that goes mm. happily into a house and isn't seen and throws this this note gaily over his shoulder, <laughs> yeah. knowing this is going to work. Um, <laughs> there's also another scam where a guy walks in and, and talks and says, uh, you must have it for free. You must have it for yeah. free. And yeah. He sort of sweats a bit and they, they all don't understand. And then what happens is they go back and say, hi, uh, we understand you, you saw... Uh, you you saw Mouse, one of our mm. guys. Um, he's not not particularly well. Um, of course, there's no way you can have this free. Uh, and so the idea being is that you then sell it back up to a rate that <laughs> that, that is what they're going to have. You know, um, the, we 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 did think it was a bit strange when he said we could have oh, it for free. Genius, genius. I mean, uh, genius it, scams. Of it course. is. And there's another one where a guy is sitting there and he says, "Your house." is at the intersection of these two main roads here. Anybody mm. who sees this house is going to buy from me. That's going to be good for me. So do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you $100 for every time someone buys aluminum siding who's seen your house. He said, and I'm so confident, I'm going to give you $100 now. I'm going to give you 200 I'm going to give you both my first new two sales right now, Okay. Now, he's given him $200, but the guy's got to commit to spending $2,000. It's very clever. Mm. Really, really, mm. really clever. So anyway, Tin Men has lots of subplots. 
Um, it has some great acting in, actually, really, really good acting. It, there's some, there's a kind of a, some personal elements which are quite sad, but there's also some wonderful sales pitches, and it's also at a set at a time when the government was starting to clamp down on uh, conning people on these sort of uh, you know integrity based sales scams. So that's also an interesting point too. So I would recommend Tin Men. Now let's talk about another one. Yeah, just 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 for just for factual, I've just seen that it's called the Maryland Home Improvement Commission. It's a the newly formed Maryland Home Improvement Commission investigating corrupt sales practices. There um, you go. There you go. But of course, that's the second film we, or the third film that is again about corrupt sales it practices. Is. So maybe the title of this should be the best films about corrupt sales practices. Now, another great film. It's really one scene. It's called Fargo. And uh, that's a film, as many of you will have seen, which is a crime-based film. But there's one particular bit where William H. Macy is a car salesman. And he's selling a car to a couple. And he's uh, sold it with a, a particular coating, a kind of protection coating, which you pay extra for to protect the body of your car. And they didn't want it, but it's come with it anyway. So he's got to charge them another another $300 for this coating. And they're saying, no way, no way, no way. And he says, right, I'm going to go and check with my manager. Now, check with my manager is one of our big bugbears, you know, that someone has to go and mm. check with their manager. But he doesn't. He goes through and asks a question about tickets for a baseball game or something. And the manager doesn't even know why he's there. And then he goes back in and he looks at the couple and goes, well, he's never done that before. He's going to give you a hundred dollars off that coating. So again, he's still getting another two hundred dollars for it. But it's just, it's just so. Uh, you know, anybody who's ever had someone say to them, "I need to check with my manager," you know, they don't. They don't need to check with their manager. It's just bull. And doesn't isn't part of his act as well as fictionally checking with his manager. His forlorn face, where they savage him and go, "You bastard! You didn't." Oh really. yeah. He, he yeah. look, he look, tries to look really hurt that he because you're a liar. Integrity. You're a liar, yeah. and he just looks down as if this hurt. But he's, they still pay. Yeah, they want the car. Now there are a few others we could talk about, and I don't. I, I think we don't. We've done a good twenty minutes on this. There is. Well, a let's, great... let's just finish. Let's just finish with the with the with the point that there is possibly one film that isn't mm. about. Um, yes. malpractice yes and and i know it's one of your favorites so if people haven't seen it we are big fans of jerry Maguire. you talk about this film all the time bob well jerry Maguire has helped me hugely in establishing our business you may not be aware of this mm. but you and i have been through ups and downs in this business and when we've had any particular downs or tough times we've had to get through i then used to dig out the dvd of jerry Maguire. now i just watch it on streaming and i watched that film and Jerry Maguire is exactly that, about someone who's forced to start a business. He does it because he wants to have integrity. That's what forces him out of his job, is that he realizes that where he works, it's all about the money and not about the people. And he doesn't think there's any integrity in that. And he writes this memo about this, the integrity that he wants to project. And of course, the business thinks, well, we don't want that. You're out. And they fire him and he has to go it alone. And through the process... He obviously learns a lot and develops as a human being. But also what you get is that edge of the desperate salesperson, but who wants to do things properly. And that's what's great mm. about Jerry Maguire is that he goes on this journey that takes him through. And of course, there's lots of funny bits. And uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. got an Oscar for his role as the uh, American football player. 
But but it is a superb film in that sense. Renee Zellweger is fantastic as the love interest. And there's uh, some really mm. funny scenes with her as well because, you know, he's a bit of an idiot. And her son, played by a young actor, is really brilliant. But Tom Cruise was nominated for an Oscar for that role and didn't get it. I don't know who he lost to. But I think in terms of the journey that that guy goes through in that film, it's a phenomenal achievement. And uh, by the Mm. end, you know, you get that thing about doing things properly and having integrity and doing things the right way. And I think that's what's brilliant is that he comes out of this world of pushing for money and pushing for deals and conning people in some ways into a world of actually let's do things the right way with integrity and we can be successful anyway, which is the great message. Now, the question to you is, what have we missed? Now, you can do searches into the internet for best films of sales films of all the time. And I I disagree with great tranches of these lists. But what do you think that our listeners should really look out for? Why not put it in one of the reviews that you write for us saying, as well as these films, you must check this out? Because there must be other films. And I'd be particularly interested to know about foreign language films that we just don't know or aren't deep within our culture that we haven't come across here as we're recording this in the UK. So I'd love to know, is there a brilliant sales film in French? Is there one in Greek? Is there one in Azerbaijan? I don't care where it's made, but I'd really like to know if there's some brilliant sales films in other cultures that would really give us an insight into this art and science, if you like. So thanks for tuning in. Cheers, Bobby. Thank um, you. We'll be back with more topics very soon. But uh, thanks again for listening to our Conflab. Bye for now. Bye. Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast.